0: She
1: Miles across midcourt two seconds
2: left wing ball three-pointer at the buzzer no good oklahoma state wins the cowboys score the final seven points and oklahoma
0: state escapes with a 57-56 victory over tcu left wing t-rop open three make it 400 career three-pointers for taylor robertson She just called game in Morgantown. By the end of the day, they'll be tied for first place in the Big 12. The final score from Morgantown. Oklahoma 88, West Virginia 76.
2: And they keep rolling. Jenny Baranchek Sooners just keep rolling. 16-2 and now. Iowa State lost last night, so the Sooners now tied for the lead in the Big 12. 5-1. Toby and TJ back with you Thursday morning, January 20. We're on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. I'll be back with you this afternoon, 2 to 5, from Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Do the guys in the afternoon know this, TJ? I hate it when I surprise them. Do they know I'm going to be with them this afternoon? Um, I don't know if I've said anything. I haven't seen
3: Teddy this week, I don't think. If I have, I haven't said anything. Oh, I did see him a couple of days ago. I didn't say anything to him. I believe Tyler's aware, yeah. I know... I'll, I'll, I'll let Parker know. Parker may have a problem with this after you made fun of him yesterday, but I'll let him know.
2: What did I make? F- I'm sure I did, but remind me what I did to make fun his of him. His
3: love over Caleb Williams. Steely was laughing oh, yeah, about yeah. it uh, when we mentioned that if he had $5 million, he'd give it to Caleb Williams yesterday. <laughs> 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 Steely, Steely liked that one. Uh, uh,
2: he does love him some C-dubs. Um, last hour, TJ gave his expectation prediction for OU football next year. He landed on, correct me if I'm wrong, TJ, after some fluctuating there, one loss, a Big 12 title, and in the playoff conversation.
3: Yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Once again, schedule will hurt them.
2: Least lack of strength of schedule. Uh,
3: lack, lack of strength of schedule, especially the non-con. Maybe maybe Nebraska's improved with Casey Thompson and mm-hmm. uh, Chuba, but... You know, depending on who wins that job but we'll see we'll see uh okay here's my thoughts we're
2: in this uh we're in this kind of uh, general feeling right now in sooner nation that uh, all things are good we're in this honeymoon phase and I agree with you I think the hires have been perfect I I wanted Brent Venables I wanted Jeff levy I think Getting Todd Bates was huge. I love what I'm hearing from Thad Turnipseed, what they're doing with the recruiting, the base that they're building. I think Oklahoma is on the verge of being a monster again, you know, competing for national championships, winning national. I I love the early stages of what Brent Venables is doing here.
3: I agree with that. Recruiting
2: everything, everything. Yes. The question is, though, this year, like next year, what are they going to do? Not, not, This is not any kind of question about Britt Venables or or the future of the program. We're talking about next year because they lost a lot. They brought some in, but they've lost a lot. I mean, I'll just remind you, either by transfer or graduation, Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams, Kennedy Brooks, Marquise Hayes, Tyrese Robinson, Jeremiah Hall, Austin Stogner, Jaden Hazelwood, Mike Woods, Mario Williams, Isaiah Thomas, Perry on Winfrey, Brian asamoa Nick Benito, Pat Fields, DTY, and now Latrell McCutcheon. And a few more. That's your best running back, your two best offensive linemen, three of your top four wide receivers, your best H back, and your four best players on defense. Gone. That's a lot. Now, they've added some really nice pieces, especially considering the time frame here. But if you're going to say where have they improved from last year, here's what I would say, TJ. I would say they will get better quarterback play this year. I think Dylan Gabriel and or Jackson Dart, but I think it's going to be Gabriel, Mm -hmm, Agree. will give them better start-to-finish quarterback play than they got from Rattler and Caleb Williams last year.
3: Definitely and definitely more consistent play overall. I think they'll get better
2: linebacker play, even with the loss of Asamoah. I think that we saw enough from Stutzman last year, and with Deshaun White coming back, and with Brent Venables now taking over that position. I think you're going to see better linebacker play. Uh, I, I'm I'm eager to see what he can get out of David Aguebu. Maybe some of these new guys factor in. Teddy has always taught me, don't count on the freshman. Maybe, maybe somebody up and surprises you, but you can't count on the freshman coming into the year. You can't say, well, this guy's going to be a star right away. They're freshmen. But they did bring in some really good-looking linebackers. So I think the linebacking play was just average this year and will be better. Quarterback, linebacker, and I, I think special teams will undoubtedly be better. And I'm mostly talking about the return game. And The, the kickers were really good last year, but... Oklahoma hasn't got anything out of the return game. It's been well-documented. It's been well-complained about. I think that will be a point of emphasis going forward, and Oklahoma will, will be better in special teams. But I can't really give you another position where I feel strongly that they're going to be better. Maybe. I mean, the defensive line just lost Isaiah Thomas, Perry, On Winfrey, and Nick Benito. Um, maybe the defensive backfield. They brought in some They've new guys. They brought in a lot of guys there. So they brought in a guy from experience. Wyoming, Louisville, mm-hmm. and North Carolina. I mean, maybe they're great. I just don't know. I, I'm looking forward to Key Lawrence having a bigger uh, spot. Maybe Billy Bowman comes alive this year. He's still with us, right? Billy Bowman's still here, right? I think Woody Washington being back is is, is good. He obviously played late in the season, so maybe the defensive backfield. Uh, maybe running back, but Kennedy Brooks was great last year. I like these new kids. I think Marcus Majors and Eric Gray, I mean, maybe running back, but I don't know, uh, maybe offensive line, but they lost their two best guys. It's hard for me to say they're going to be better at wide receiver with who they've lost, and they really haven't brought in a wide receiver, not a transfer. they got a couple of freshmen who
3: – That's a position you could play right away. Jaden Gibson, is that right? See, I think you can be better at wide receiver. I think the wide receiver position was massively disappointing last year.
2: Well, if you get better quarterback play, Mm -hmm. then you're probably going to get better wide receiver totals. Right. So Mims could be better. And if some of these, either the new guys or the guys returning, have bigger years, then maybe so. But they've lost three of their four best wide receivers. Theo Weiss is coming back, maybe. So maybe. I'm just saying, I don't know. Maybe they could get better play at wide receiver, but I I, I can't definitively tell you right now I have tremendous confidence at anything other than quarterback, linebacker, and special teams that they'll be better this year. I do think they'll be tougher. I think the combination of Schmitty, the med balls, and the attitude of Brent Venables... <laughs> the personality he's going to set for this football team, this will be a tougher football team. I can say that. Um, I look at the schedule. Doesn't look tough on paper. You've pointed this out. However, we often say that in January, and then you get into it, and you say, trip to Nebraska is starting to loom a little bit, you know. Got to go down to Fort Worth. Those guys look good early in the year. To Ames or to Morgantown or whatever.
3: We will not be saying that about Ames this year.
2: Yeah, no, maybe not. I'm just saying, you know, last year it was Iowa State, and then they ended up whatever, and we didn't we didn't really talk a lot about Baylor, and they ended up being tough. So you never know how it's going to unfold. Uh, you look; it doesn't look too awfully daunting, and. What you said about strength of schedule hurting them in the end could very well be true. What you're banking on, TJ, is this, okay? You're banking on the attitude and culture of this football team improving to such a degree that it results in wins on the field. Have they taken an upgraded personnel? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe they traded some guys here, there. Maybe this guy leaving was a plus. Maybe this guy coming in was a plus. I do think they're going to get better. Maybe a little bit improvement in personnel. Maybe a little bit of a step back in personnel. You're counting on, though, an attitude and culture change with Brent Venables, Jerry Schmidt, and others
3: coming in that's going to lead to more wins, right? That's basically what we're saying here. Absolutely. And I believe that is going to be the case. You believe it. They've won you over. They carried their TVs in for them.
2: They carried their TVs in for them. I mean, come on. So if I add all of that up, where do where do what do I get?
3: If I add up a one loss team that wins the Big 12, with a shot, you gave your prediction. What you have. It's my
2: turn to give a prediction now.
3: I add up everybody
2: they lost. That long list of talent they lost. They brought in some guys. I'm looking here at the list of what they brought in. They brought in uh, Dylan Gabriel. I just told you. I think he's going to play great. Daniel Parker, nice addition to tied in. Uh, McCade Matower, offensive lineman. C.J. Colden, defensive back. Jonah Laulu from Hawaii. You know, Trey Morrison, T.D. Roof. Kenai Walker, maybe a couple of USC guys. I mean, they brought in some talent. Freshman class looks good. Don't know who's going to contribute right away, but it's a good-looking class. You add in the schedule, where they're going to be better, the new attitude, the new culture, Schmitty, med balls. You add it all up, carrying, carrying TVs. What do you got? That's the question. What do you got? Answer the question. Well, I hate to be the downer on this radio station. It's not well, a position. I think people have
3: gotten people, used to you being the critical downer dude with me, Tyler, and Teddy being the upbeat positive the homers people, that we are.
2: That's what people have become used to yes. on this radio station. Through the years. That's the roles we play. Everybody's so excited right now, Teach. I hate to be the downer guy. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to I don't want to pop the bubble or burst the balloon. Of all of the optimism out there right now. Well, I'm hesitant right now to tell you how I feel. But if I must, here's what I say. My prediction right now is Oklahoma goes undefeated, wins the Big 12, (laughs) goes to the college football playoff, (laughs) and plays Clemson in the semifinal. Clemson! And you've got, you've got, uh, dabo versus brent story lines everywhere you see
3: what he did there people he went overly positive and then wrote himself a storyline i took you one way and you didn't (laughs) see it coming from the other don't understand what attitude that would be clemson oklahoma and the semifinals
2: i love a good story tj don't undersell attitude and culture. You did it. You undersold attitude and culture. Oh, my apologies. By hanging a loss on this team. All right? Don't undersell it. Even if personnel isn't what it was a year ago. Maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe even if it isn't. Don't
3: undersell This Is this atti- a preview Here's the other thing. of the top 25, Toby's top 25 countdown? Don't or Are you revealing your number one team right now?
2: Don't undersell the fan base being fired up about this football team and about this coaching staff and about this season. They
3: are fired up. There is going
2: to be an aura of positivity, a, a snowball rolling downhill of positivity going into the season from the Sooner fan base that might just carry them to some wins they wouldn't otherwise be in line for. So it's going to be a magical first season for Brent Venables, TJ. Wow. Magical first season. An undefeated run to a college football playoff and a showdown with Dabo.
3: Be better, Texter.
2: Be better, Texter. How'll that be, huh? Yep. Stick that in your Twitter machine and smoke
0: it. (laughs) 818. We'll be back. The T-Row in the morning show is powered by Extreme Outdoor Equipment, your full-line dealer for bad-boy zero-turn mowers, tractors, and implements. With two locations, I-35 at Goldsby, exit 104B, and I-44 at the Newcastle, Tuttle exit 108.
3: We're back. R.K. Blatt brings you this hour. Been in business since 1952, leading provider of office technology solutions to small and medium-sized businesses in Oklahoma and Kansas. Technology solutions, including copiers, fax machines, printers, scanners, document management, nec- network solutions, and more. rkblatt.com. we we'll give them a call, 405-943-9800. A couple of texts here, and I'll let you get to the... Uh... There's a buzz in Sooner Nation right now, by the way. Can you feel it <laughs> out there, TJ? I can feel it. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, T-Row is turning into the full diaper of the ref. When did Toby no, change his means. name to Negative Nancy? <laughs> uh, that that was here. sent before the twist, I believe. Come on, guys. I love OU football, but let's talk about OU softball. That natty run is a lot closer. That's uh, true. Thanks for texting DJ, the show. DJ, come on. Thanks for texting More the show, play talk, please. Uh, Plex the expert on that. You get that nine to nine right here every day. Is that Patty? Patty. Patty. What's maybe. On? The text, season hasn't yeah. started yet, Patty. We're going to talk a lot about you, okay? This texter worried about the offensive line. Yeah, a concern. No iron privates in Stillwater last night, or did the FCC lay down the law? You can't go back to back iron privates. You got to save the privates no, for it, it, private situations. You. Iron privates for the Cowboys. It was
2: pretty. It a pretty clutch win last
3: night. Has there ever been a head coach win a national championship in their first year?
2: You don't remember this, TJ. I've been following uh, OU for longer than you, but Bob Stoops did it in his second year. Second year.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: First year, huh? Mm,
3: somebody out there will let us know. Probably.
2: The answer is probably.
3: Uh, Nick Saban did in his first year. Um, it's not true, but I'll just say it is. Did you hear Teddy say yesterday that if OU only wins eight games, he will not shave until the following yeah. season? I did hear that. Yeah. I saw the stubble that he's got going on. I don't know who's worse at growing a beard, you or Teddy oh, really? it does. It's not coming in very well? Maybe uh, it's going to look better after a day or two, but no, it looked... Well, on TED, I had never seen it before, so the stubble alone just looked weird. It's hard to imagine anyone being worse than me at growing facial hair. But, maybe. How about Joanna Mann? (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the semifinals
2: next year uh, are the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. So, uh, I think it probably Peach uh, because well, no an s e c team will be uh probably the one seed they'll want the peach, so we're probably gonna play Clemson out at the festival. That'd be good. We haven't been out there in a while
3: uh, the cool kids call them residence halls, old people call them dormitories <laughs> yeah, we're old <laughs> <laughs> we're old they don't call them dorms anymore I get uh, we were running down
2: the schedule for a visit. A, a, a recruiting visit, TJ, earlier in the yeah, show, I remember, yeah. and I said, uh, you know, after you meet with the head coach, you go see the, what the, the dorms, dorms look to, like. the dorms look like, yeah.
3: yeah. Some I didn't know hall, that was out. I didn't know that was out. Uh, last one here. I'll let you get to the phone calls. Uh, don't forget our very own Jaw alo Nice. Yeah. A lot of uh, post top
2: five submissions today. I appreciate that. Let's go to the phones. Kent, good morning. Welcome to the show. <laughs>
4: Hey, good morning, Toby. How you doing? I'm good. Hey, uh, you know, when kind of looking at the team this year, I think it, rather than looking at a group and saying, are they going to be as good as they were last year, I kind of think you have to look at the groups last year and see how well did those groups actually perform. Okay. Like, I mean, you look at the defensive line, obviously if Perry and Winfrey Benito and Isaiah Thomas all played top-level ball last year, up to their expectations, you'd look at this group and say, well, I don't know if we can do that. But I think you got to look at it kind of, will this group under Venables and Bates and Schmitty and them at least play to the level of what the group last year played to? And I, you know, I, I feel pretty positive about it. Now, I'd feel better if we had all those guys back and they were playing under Venables and Bates and, and Schmitty. But I think you kind of have to look at it that way because really outside of running back and some flashes from Caleb Williams at quarterback, what group really met or exceeded expectations last year?
2: Well, they were a plus 12 in turnover margin, so there were some things uh, defensively that uh, were deficient. But they were were really good at taking away the football. They were really good at taking care of the football, which is how you build a turnover margin like that. They were a top-10 offense last year. As much as they struggled compared to what we've seen in the past, statistically anyway, they were a top-10 offense. But I think they can be better.
4: And I don't want to berate that, but, you know, Let's be honest. One of those games, the Western Carolina game, really helped true. boost a lot of those numbers. But That's I mean, true. still, every team plays a game or game or two like that where they kind of pad their stats. But I think under Schmidt and in and, and Brent Venables and Bates, you know, I I think we can at least get to the level we are at. Hopefully, play a little better. And you know, I, I kind of disagree with Bob the other day. He was on Teddy's show and he shit. was talking about Schmidt and he said, "Hey, these guys were training before they, you know, they they can handle it. It's nothing new." And you know, they were in good shape and working out hard. I think he kind of downplayed maybe a little bit the importance of Schmidt coming in. So, I'm I mean, at least I hope he did. And, you know, that may just be kind of coach speak. But, anyway, I, I kind of look more at how the groups performed or underperformed last year when we compare what this year could possibly be. So, anyway, so you I would kind like of to get your opinion like on that.
2: Like me. Okay, thanks, Ken. Let's get Sean okay, in here. Like Sean, Sean, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Toby? What's up?
1: I uh, I was more disappointed this morning that you thought Ron Jaworski was a Hall of Fame quarterback, but that's a conversation yeah. for another day.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I, uh, he did. He win the Super Bowl though. He won a Super no, Bowl. No, he
1: lost the right? Jim Plunkett in his lone oh. Super Bowl appearance yeah. in the Sugar Dome, or Sugar bad. Bowl, I believe, uh, or bad. Superdome. Uh, I don't think Bob was downplaying the importance. I think Bob was downplaying the fact that they're not going to boot camp and becoming Marines. He was I think is what uh, he was more saying is that these guys it's not gonna be the baton death march that they're getting ready yeah. to go on to and that they will survive. Um real quick it was though,
2: code for it was, I think it was code for Hey former players Yeah knock it off. Yeah. You're scaring our players and recruits. Quit it with uh, the whole, I can't wait to see him pull him out of there and body bag stuff. Yes, yes. complete yeah. agreement.
1: Uh, real quick, take the quarterback position out of the equation. All the other losses that you talked, the departures that you talked about, if we were to believe our own recruiting gurus at the ref and throughout the Twitter sphere and Internet, Oklahoma has accumulated enough depth and quality players over the previous five seasons of recruiting to easily absorb those losses. There is the depth. The depth should already be there, even without the transfer portal to absorb those losses and continue to win at a high level. You know, look at our receiver core. If I gave you Weiss, Mims, Darby, Farouk, and Stoops, that's a five person receiver core. That's as good or probably better than anybody in the Big 12. The offensive line has stack depth, quality depth, and we should be at a position to where it's just next man up in the offensive line, coupling that with a more disciplined and accountability from your strength and conditioning program. I think that could become a strength. Um, So that's my deal. I mean, yeah, we lost a lot of guys, but so did so does everybody at OU's level. The only thing I didn't like about your prediction, if that comes true, Brent will not get coach of the year. Dabo will get coach of the year if he gets Clemson to a playoff with an entire new staff and new team. Clemson suffered a lot more losses in personnel, both on the field, coaching, and players, than OU did certainly. So. But I like your thought process. But Go I, Go you the last and the last one I would think too, the Texas game, which is always a little bit of a roll of the dice. But do you, if say Evers, who I contend looks as a dead ringer for my aunt in 1978, if he was smoking a Benson and Hedges, um,
2: Jeez. if what if he is the
1: wages pr- uh, well, with the with the with the blonde mullet, the bleach blonde mullet, he just. I don't know. He put a Benson in the edges, and it reminds me of my aunt. But um, if he's their prohibitive favorite to start for them at quarterback, we have got yeah, a huge a, you're talking about advantage. You're talking
2: about Quinn Ewers.
1: Ewers, I mean. I'm sorry, not Evers, Evers, Evers is not our Evers. guy. Not yeah. our guy. I like our yeah. guy a lot. Actually, I think that guy's getting under – He's uh, getting a little bit forgotten in the shuffle here. I think that. Guy all, I think dead. there's only
2: one letter difference between them. I didn't think about that before, so you're forgiven. You just it's the Ewers. Well, kid you're that, was about. Yeah. that was my bad. That was my bad. But Quinn Ewers,
1: back to Quinn Ewers. Um, if he and he probably will be the starting quarterback, especially coming out of the Bama debacle, which they're getting ready to uh, meet on week two. Um, that's a significant upgrade for or a significant advantage for OU going into the Cotton Bowl, I would think.
2: Because they've got a freshman or a newcomer. Right, right.
1: right.
2: And he will not have played in two uh, years. Yeah. Significantly. Oklahoma's going to have, let's say it's Dylan Gabriel, they're going to have a vet. Yeah. Who hasn't played in OU Texas, but is a vet. So, yeah, maybe an edge there for Oklahoma. He's taking a lot more reps. But anyway, but I like your thought. I'm, I'm with you on
1: that. I'm with you on your thought process of, and D.J especially considering the schedule, and I just, again, I'll reiterate, the depth should already be there without the transfer portal additions, which I think will be uh, great additions to the program. But OU, if if we believe what we've been told and sold, there's a ton of depth on that team, and you should be able to absorb any losses. Do you
2: believe what you've been told and sold? That's the question, Sean.
1: Rarely, rarely, but for the purpose of this conversation, uh,
2: I do.
1: (laughs) Anyway, thanks for time, man. I
2: appreciate it. See you later. And I would before too many people are critical of TJ for his negative prediction of the OU football team this coming year. (laughs) I would like to remind folks TJ has taken a significant fall. Okay, and could change his mind in the future when he's seeing things a little more clearly. So please, not too much hate. Hey, Headed get off my lawn, kids. 835, you can text the show, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439.
0: Back after this. The Ref. Network studios are powered by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, tornado. We can help. Call 405-735-5510.
3: We can't make excuses for ourselves.
2: we
0: got to get ourselves in shape. Get on that line, help each other out, run through, get back up. Does that make sense? Get on that line, get your mindset on another one. You feel me? And just have that mindset. Love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Same time tomorrow, okay? Let's we'll
2: stack another day on. Does that make sense? Run your race every day, dog. Run your race every day, dog. New t-shirt coming, I'm sure, to Opolis very soon. With uh, Or maybe ours. We do our own store. Yeah, what are you, don't don't do, what are you sending people there for? Jeez. I was just thinking of the Oklahoma breakdown. I figured they would make a T-shirt, yeah. but I forgot. Did you see we that? Make our one, own T-shirt. Did you see that out.
3: one T-shirt they made with the kicker on the front of it?
2: Yeah, yeah holding funny. the football up. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> TJ, what's the most powerful thing in college sports? One word.
3: The most powerful thing in college. The answer is momentum. TJ, oh, momentum. Okay. Mo, okay.
2: Momentum. It's important in all sports, but especially in college sports. When you got the emotion of college kids and you've got the emotion of college crowds, it's different. It's different than with pro sports. It's there, but it's different. You think of uh, that basketball game the other night, right? Momentum goes one way, a team goes on a nine-zero 0 run. Mm-hmm. Momentum swings the other way, they go on a 12-0 run. Especially you get the crowd behind. Momentum in a college football program is a thing, too. I mean, you could argue that the 2000 National Championship team was the, I don't know, sixth or seventh most talented team of Bob Stoops. I don't know where they'd rank. Not number one, though, right? It was not the number one most talented team that OU had. Right. But... They got on a roll, the fan base got excited, they started to believe, the fans started to believe, the program
3: started to believe, and they came together and they played above their heads. So the question is then, why did Lincoln Riley lose momentum so quickly in his program?
2: I would say he didn't lose momentum so quickly. I would say because they lost the same number of games every year. I would say. But his teams
3: were worse every year. Gradual
2: slowdown. Well, I'm just arguing with the so quickly part of your phrase, not arguing with they lost momentum. They were still recruiting at a very good level, the defense was playing better and better but they weren't getting quite as far as the year before every year. So it was more like a gradually
3: taking your foot off a break than a sudden
2: crash. They it, didn't it, go 6-6. No. and six.
3: It, was the, it was the lady giving a weather report in West Virginia this morning. That's what it was. <laughs> and she got, so, ran it got ran over. She got ran over. Well, maybe so.
2: But uh, I, I, there's a lot of momentum right now in OU football, and that's what I'm banking on. That's what a lot of people are banking on. You can sit there and break down the X's and O's and the Jimmy's and the Joe's and maybe it doesn't quite add up to being better than they were in years past. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Well, I'm sure we'll do that over the next nine months a thousand times. Are they better at this position? What about backup right guard? What about backup left guard? Who's going to fill in at X receiver and Y receiver? And what about the nickel? We love to argue the nickel position, TJ. Uh, but there is overall a tremendous amount of momentum with Oklahoma football. And it was initiated when that plane landed. Yes. People were excited, beyond excited. They showed up spontaneously. They were so excited. They weren't invited. They showed up spontaneously and pushed the momentum button at Westheimer Airport. And it has been flying ever since, man. They are fired up about every transfer. They are fired up about every coach. They are fired up about workouts starting. They're fired up about every video. They're fired up about uh, videos of uh, uh, Kale Gundy in a cockpit of an airplane. They're fired up about everything right now. And so is the team. Coaching staff is at the ground running. They're excited about this new endeavor. Who knows where that will take them this year? Who knows? Could be great things. It will be fun to follow it.
3: And momentum. Nobody
2: will cover it better than us right here on The Ref, the home Sooner fans. And cut. There's your next promo, Drake, when you get to feeling better again, buddy.
3: Some may not even be around to still cover it.
2: What do you mean by that?
3: I don't mean anything by it. I just wanted to throw out something. Hey, can I uh, throw out a congrats? If you must. A
2: congratulations? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, congratulations to uh, Garen Emig of the Tulsa World and Adam Hildebrandt of Oral Roberts University, named the Oklahoma Sports Writer and Sportscaster of the Year.
4: How about Garen that? Garen
2: Emig winning the award for the second time and Adam Hildebrandt for the first Adam, you might remember, uh, ORU went on that magical run in the NCAA tournament last year. And Adam had several great calls in the tournament. He had him on a few games. times, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he joined us up in Indy because he kept having thriller after thriller after thriller. Great guy and uh, really good young broadcaster, too. We'll, we'll see him this year in baseball, too. He calls their baseball games. So, uh, congratulations. To to well two well deserving winners yes. this year of the uh, Oklahoma Sports Writer and Sportscasters of the Year. All right. I thought TJ was going to say no, something. No, I said
3: congratulations gonna, yeah. to both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. One
2: more thing. Uh, you know what starts tomorrow?
3: Tomorrow's Friday. That's right. Um, one of our favorite shows is back tomorrow. Oh, Big Brother's tomorrow? Celebrity? No. Oh, what? Is, no. Uh, Ozark? Ozark, yeah, man. the final <laughs> yeah. season. Yeah, the final season starts tomorrow. Oh man, I can't wait to see who gets shot in the head this time.
2: I think they're just re- releasing it one episode at a time, though. I don't think they can binge it. I don't think so. We're going oh, to the man. other direction with these things. Like, that's one of the reasons I think streaming took on is the ability to binge shows. Right. And now they're like, you know what? We don't want you to consume them all at once. And they're giving them to us one week at a time again in some circumstances. So I think that's what they're doing with Ozark, but we'll find out tomorrow. The return of Ruth. Remember the last episode? I might have to tonight. Yeah. I might have to go back and watch the last well, episode. They, land, uh, they land
3: the plane and uh, bat, bat. Don't want to ruin anything, but. A little bit of blood splatter, a little bit of brain everywhere. squealed
2: out loud. I was so surprised. (laughs) You know me, never sees it coming. (laughs) I was like, ah! Uh, I promise you I did out loud in my house. What a moment that was in cinematic history.
3: Please, no more scenes this season between the uh, young man and the uh, the lady that owns the... uh... The farm, yeah, please, please, let's not have any more of that. I'm still scarred, still scarred from last season. That's exactly
2: right. All right, 847, Chris Plank, I think back from, I certainly hope back from
0: Morgantown. He joins us to wrap up the show next. It's the Plank Show with Chris Plank and Josh Helmer. Weekdays from 9 a.m. till noon on your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. It was a
2: successful trip. To visit Mountain Mama for Chris Plank and the Sooner women last night. They win in Morgantown. Plank joins us now for the crossover brought to you by the Cleveland County Family YMCA. Uh, before we get into that, TJ, you have an update for us. Uh, we had a
3: gentleman called off the air. You were uh, talking about Ozark, wondering how it worked. It's not one episode at a time. They've divided the season up into two seven-part episodes. So 14 episodes all together. Seven are dropping tomorrow, and then seven others will drop at a later date here coming soon.
2: Ooh, ooh, ooh. so yeah. we
3: can binge. We can binge we can seven episodes, binge. yes. Oh, right, yeah.
0: Plank, are you home? Yeah, we're home. We're good. We uh, They were expecting some pretty treacherous, treacherous? Tre- 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 some That's very word. severe yeah. weather Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. to kind of roll through last night in Morgantown. And uh, I think we got out just ahead of it. It was, it was what's the, the term, snaining, a little mixture of some uh, sleep, ice and rain, but it was a pretty good rain whenever we left. But the good news is uh, we got out. So we're here. We got here safely. Did you have to go back lane. to
2: Pittsburgh or did you get to leave from Clarksburg?
0: If we would have had to go back to Pittsburgh, I would probably be calling you live from, <laughs> from Pittsburgh this morning. Thankfully, we got out just in time. So but they they took us to, yeah Clarksburg. So we our, yeah, Clarksburg. So we were able to get out at that airport. And it brought back memories. Because that was, you know, every time that we've, you know, West Virginia is so unique for us in football. Where, you know, Toby and I will drive to most Big Twelve locations, if not all of them. But there's one flight we all take, and that's Morgantown. And so it's the same airport. You know, you kind of really small, but yeah, there's always a thousand cars. It's on some random back road somewhere where you yeah. turn like, oh, it's an airport. So it was, um, yeah, it was a good trip. We got to win. And that's what matters.
2: I listened to you last night. Sounded great. Uh, down at half, controversially right. a little bit, but I big it was a good second. Back. Ha- yeah, well, I I couldn't see it, but um. Anyway, they didn't count it at the end, so down yeah. two. But big second half, and golly, I mean that just—I don't know. You're watching it; it just seems like they just are flowing with confidence right now.
0: They are. They're a confident basketball team, um, and I I think. You know, it, it was interesting. I was just this morning, not necessarily listening back, but thinking back, you know, on our post-game conversation, here's Maddie Williams, who starts ta- – and we're going to play it coming up later on. I don't know if you got a chance to play it earlier, but he's talking I about I didn't – they
2: didn't post it for me on uh, the Learfield site today.
0: Oh, it, maybe it wasn't that good. But the the thing is, Maddie started to kind of complain about the officials, and Judy Baranchek literally stopped her mid-sentence and goes, what? changing our approach. And it, here we are, you know, a team that when you think about at this point in the season, you're, you know, you're 18 games in. Uh, you turn a calendar to a new year, and there's a senior who's one of your leading scorers. That's right, That's right coach. You're right. And they're they're still adjusting things and getting better. They're not 100% yet. Nike Lampkin didn't play last night. Kelby Washington's in health and, uh, health and safety protocols. So, you know, even though we're kind of positionless, they're still down to you know, one main point guard in the Bay Tot. So they went on the road in a, in a place that they've had a lot of success, really cool moment, you know, Taylor Robertson buries the three to kind of ice the game. It was her 400th career three-pointer. And as she was leaving, she goes, I got to get a picture. It's the uh, only road and road road trip that we've made where I've never lost. So mm-hmm. she made her 300 three-pointer in Morgantown last year. And she made her four three-pointer, last night uh, wow. th- to kind of seal the game. So, they're, they're fun, man. I'll, I get to go with them to Manhattan this weekend. Nice. So, I'm really pumped about that. And then I think I got one more trip in Waco with them in a few weeks. So, big Bedlam matchup coming up next week. That'll be on Wednesday of next week at 6 o'clock. So, everyone needs to get out to the LNC. 14th in the AP. Um, Kansas State's really good. And that's going to be a big one this weekend, Sunday at 1 o'clock. And with the Iowa State loss last night, T Row, they're tied for first place in the Big Twelve right now. How about that? Amazing.
2: Without Ana Yanusa,
3: they're doing all this.
0: With that's right.
2: Amazing. That's would you say
3: stuff. they're carrying momentum?
0: Yeah. That's
3: right. Toby said it's the most important thing, yeah. Yeah. It's the most
2: powerful yes. thing in sports. Yeah, they got it.
0: And and last night I got to a, you know, Porter's daughter is uh, on the roster and she hasn't played a lot this year, but I got to introduce myself to her and meet her at As kind as as Porter is, uh, what's the old saying? The The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Oh, she was great. So it's a really – it's not only – Or chip off the old
2: block. That's another
0: one. Chip off the old block. There you go. So I, I know we're out of time, but it's not only a group that is great, but they're so fun and they're really good people. So worth your time. I can't wait to get to Manhattan this week, and we'll recap the game coming up as the show goes on today.
2: Have a great show today, Chris. Thanks, Toby. See you tonight. I will see you. you, Who are you hosting with tonight, by the way? I already cut him off. Okay. Chris will be doing the huddle tonight. Come on out. See us at Rudy's. I'll be back with you 2 to 5 today from Extreme Outdoor Equipment. Have a great Thursday. Until then, everybody.